are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by OnlineGambling.com. OnlineGambling.com is the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. I am Marcus Mosier. He is Landon McCool. And we're going to continue to answer some of your Twitter questions. We got, I'm looking at it now, 97 questions earlier this week. Uh, We only got through a handful on Tuesday. We're going to answer some more today. But before we do that, how are you doing today, Landon? I'm doing well. I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, overwhelmed because I feel like we probably got through what, like five questions at the yeah. most before, and we still got 92 to go. So it's not <laughs> like we'll ever be short on questions. Uh, guys, you, you guys are tremendous. Thank you yeah. guys so much for your questions. We really do appreciate it. So we'll try to get through as many as we can. Uh, before we do that, did you watch Mike McCarthy's press conference on Wednesday? Yeah, I did. I'll, I'll watch a little bit of it. Any takeaways? Because I kind of feel like whatever thoughts you had about Mike McCarthy going into that, you probably yeah. had the same thoughts going out. You know, and that's the thing about uh, how you view uh, the kind of outro of the season, right? Is that it's everybody views all of this through their own lens. You, you can you could view that last minute that last play on the uh, in the game through the lens of Mike McCarthy's an idiot or the refs uh, screwed you or uh, that can't do anything right or whatever your take is on this team. Yeah. Uh, you certainly are able to wear the glasses you want to view through the lenses you want and, and still kind of see exactly what you want to see. Yeah. I didn't have any big takeaways from the press conference. Yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty common for what we see from end of the season press conferences. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess he seems certain that he's keeping his job, which I guess is is good news. And you know, I, I don't, I didn't have any problems with his answers on any of that stuff. I mean, it, frankly, none of it was really surprising. No, no. So yeah, not much of yeah. a huge takeaway. We can us. move on. Uh, all right, let's get to some questions. First one from William Moore. He wants to know what should this team do with Randy Gregory? Can they or should they compensate him at the level his position demands? It feels as if he can completely disappear for long stretches or entire games. He also made some costly mistakes in the playoff game. Uh, so Gregory, I think, had the best year of his career. However, he is getting a little bit older. I believe he's going to be 30. I'm going to look at this right now. Uh, yeah, he's going to be 30 next year. Um, what do you do? Are you going to be paying for past performance? Do you pay him what he's probably worth? What do you think? I'm very interested to see what his market looks like. I mean, I think part of what's going to be difficult for us in this discussion is is someone like Randy Gregory has a very unique market value. I'm sure you're looking up OTC right now to yeah. see what, it, what what the valuation is. But I mean, you know, you got to think about the the weird career trajectory he's had. He's he's this is his first season that really he's had an entire season, an entire off season, and he's he's going to be in, going into his thirtieth year. So his NFL body is actually pretty young. It doesn't have a, a ton of snaps on it. Uh, he probably can still play for a couple years. Uh, and and I think that really you're still, even now, kind of paying Randy for uh, potential as opposed to what you've seen him do on the field. I mean, he had a good season this year. He obviously had more sacks than he ever had, more hurries and pressures than he's ever had, but he also spent some time 
uh, on the injury list. I think he was actually one of the COVID guys at one point. So he missed some time. Uh, and, and ultimately, at the end of the day, I think he ended up – where did he end up at six sacks, seven yeah, sacks something maybe, like something that, like yeah. that? So, uh, you know, I think he definitely will get some some money looks, uh, but maybe not the, the at the pricing that we had, you know, kind of estimated early in the season when he was really on a tear early on. And it's a lot like Michael Gallup, really, is that he has a ton of talent, and, and I think the teams are going to want him, but – there's some extenuating circumstances that are injected into his uh, free agent market that we didn't expect going into the season. Yeah, this one's really tough because the, the values are all over the place. Let's look at a couple other guys. Um, Chandler Jones hitting the free agent market this year. According to Spot Track, they have his annual salary at about $14 million, Okay, I think it's pretty clear or pretty fair to say that Gregory's not in the same caliber of player as Chandler Jones, right? So. You shouldn't be earning seem- the same money for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Von Miller, $9 million a year uh, because he's missed a lot of games over the last couple of years. He's getting older. And then you go to over the cap, and they've got him projected at $3 million. And you think, well, that's way too low. We're talking about a guy that has less than 2,000 career snaps, who's been yeah. suspended multiple times and has not stayed healthy. I obviously think he's going to get more than $3 million, but I don't think he's going to be – 15 16 17 million like a lot of people i think are anticipating my brain keeps falling on 12 million like that's that's kind of where my brain keeps falling and and i don't know if that's i mean again i'm not necessarily the best at at guessing valuation for free agents in the market the market is obviously very in flux all the time anyways really quick i'm gonna give you another con uh last year hassan reddick coming off i believe a 15 sack season Signed a one-year deal worth six million dollars for with the Panthers. Yeah, I mean that's that's really low for fifteen. Okay, sack season, but but well, yeah, this is why it's so interesting. So Reddit coming off a fifteen sack season got one year six million. Bud Dupree, uh, who is coming off a torn ACL, who tore it in December, who had a five sack season, got sixteen million dollars per year over five years. Yeah, I mean, guys, like at, at the pass rusher position, people are chasing potential, you know, <clears throat> because the you know athleticism has such a heavy tie here, and 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 I think that you know sometimes the idea is, and I and I think it's not the worst idea, is that if you can get an athletic guy who hasn't been to him and give him some experience, they those are the guys that can really take off. I mean, frankly, see Randy Gregory. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 so I, I do think that that's kind of why the market is all over the place is that you're, you're not, it's one of the positions that you're not afraid to pay a lack of production, uh, because you can believe in the athleticism. So yeah, I mean, again, none of these conversations have made this, uh, easier to value, value him. And so I, I would say, I mean, this is a wide spectrum, but somewhere between eight to I mean, I think 12 is the number I keep thinking. Eight to $12 million probably. Davion Clowney got one year, $8 million last year. It feels like it's going to be somewhere around there, in my opinion. Yeah, right. if that's the case, that's great. I mean, I sign me up, honestly, for you know $8 million. Matt like, Judon I'll, I'll take... was $13 million. I don't think he's as proven as Matt Judon, right? So uh, no. somewhere between and he didn't have... and 13 he didn't have a season like Matt Judon did. So, no. uh, yeah, I think, yeah, if, if, if he could get it as cheap as – as that as that like you know it's just it's crazy how the pass rusher market has evolved and devolved over the years you know it's one that i'm really curious about because i do think randy gregory when he's healthy can be 
every bit as good as Demarcus Lawrence. Now he's not as consistent, and that's what's the difference here, right? Demarcus yeah. Lawrence is just game in and game out, so much more consistent. Uh, but he is a really, really good player that I think wouldn't be surprised if he gives Dallas a little bit of a, a deal here as well, considering how faithful they've been to Randy Gregory over the years. Um, also, also yeah. wouldn't be surprised if he got better, you know? So I, I think that this is a guy, even though he's 30, uh, uh, he's probably one of the few 30-year-olds that could potentially be getting better because he's getting more snaps. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break before we get to some more of your Twitter uh, questions. Uh, we want to just tell you that today's episode is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge. Throughout the NFL playoffs, they're providing you with the best tips, news, and more to help you make your bets as informed as ever. This week, the experts at OnlineGambling.com set me the challenge of picking my divisional round upset upset. An underdog, in my opinion, that could pull off a big victory. I'm taking the Bengals. I think the Bengals could beat the Titans this week. Better quarterback. Wow. They're kind of feeling themselves a little bit. I like the Bengals this week. Uh, if you're thinking about backing an underdog in the division round playoffs, make sure you head over to OnlineGambling.com before you do. OnlineGambling.com gives you uh, the betters, uh, the be- best edge possible, all the latest information to help you make your absolute best bets make sure you visit onlinegambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news, tips, and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, onlinegambling.com slash NFL. All right, let's get to uh, some more questions. And again, so many of these. But uh, this is a very, very good one, Landon, because I know you're feeling a little bit this way, but it's coming from at arguing underscore Cowboys, a longtime listener of the show. Please explain to me why we should have any faith that this front office can get us to the promised land because I have none. Well, I honestly, uh, I think that the problem doesn't necessarily lie with the, I mean, look, uh, I mean, let's, let's talk about what, what we're calling the front office, right? The front office being the personnel departments, sure. you know, the ownership, that sort of thing. <clears throat> I, I, I certainly have seen all throughout Twitter. There is a longstanding upset, you know, a, a set of upset uh, uh, fans that on, you know, about the Joneses. And I, I think that there is, you know, obviously some blame to go that direction as well. Um, <clears throat> are they completely committed to uh, committing to what they need to do to make a team that can win the Super Bowl? Uh, but to, to me, the, you know, the most part, the personnel, the top end of this, of this group, hasn't been the problem here you know like they've they've accumulated um you know so many uh uh, talented players Mm -hmm. you know through so many different means and 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 they've provided for these coaches that they've gotten and and uh i just really feel like certainly blame is, is is able to go around uh, I think where they've had shortcomings is potentially kind of matching uh, a coaching staff to the talent. You know, that's mm-hmm. where it feels like I, 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 I'm not completely down on McCarthy. I thought that that they should look at other coaches, but that doesn't mean that I think McCarthy is a bum. I just think no, that it, it, he just might not be the top 10 yeah. coach. Right. And he may not be the fit for what we need to kind of get this, the, the next group, meaning next year's team over the top, but yeah, who knows? I mean, I've obviously been wrong about stuff before, uh, but I, I think that the, the 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 kind of takeaway I have is that the front office, for the most part, is is getting is providing for the coaching staff, you know, and they're providing for the the players. They're they're, they're providing players to put around Dak Prescott and all these folks. 
you know, it feels like the, the, there's a failure at the player coaching level, which is, you know, frustrating. Yeah. I would say we really haven't gone into a season. I don't know. When's the last time that you think we went into a season saying, Hey, the talent on this roster is just not very good. It's been a while. I mean, like, you know, I mean, there's definitely been times when we've gone, we've gone into seasons where we've had obviously specific areas where the talent was dangerously low, but I think that that happens across the league. And, and, and for the most part, this team, you know, provides for itself a, a whole lot of talent. They have done an incredible job acquiring talent in multiple different ways, especially this last season. Yeah, I, I think they're still one of the more talented teams in the league. So I think the front office is doing its job. Uh, I think they're okay. Uh, all right, next one, Landon. This is a good one uh, from Kyle. What do you think the biggest reason is for CD Lamb's uh, step back in the second half of the season? It feels like we've seen two different players there. And I want to give you the stats uh, because in the first uh, – let's see. I'm going to pull it up right now. I'm sorry. Uh, in the first oh, 11 games of the season, CD was averaging over 80 yards a game receiving, about 85 yards per game. Okay. Since week 11, which happens to be the week that he got the concussion against the Chiefs, down to 49 yards a game. So he saw his yard is almost cut in half. Do you think the concussion has anything to do with it? I hope not. You know, I mean, I hope not like either. That's 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 really uh, scary and frustrating. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I don't know what's going on. I, I mean, I, I we I've talked about it, but I, I and I've and and kind of looking back, you know, I mean, I hate to say that that kind of lines up with what you see a little bit. It just feels like there's confusion, there's miscommunication, they're not being on the same page. You know, some of it is kind of what, you know, if you and if you haven't had a chance, please, you know, go. Ch- I mean, not to point you to somebody else, but definitely go check out Seth Galina's uh, article mm-hmm. in PFF about uh, the Kellamore dac connection and, and, and his thoughts there. But I, I think you'll find that Seth found a lot of the same stuff that we found. Right. Like where he's talking about uh, a need to kind of uh, find a way to get the ball to your playmakers and, and just and, and not. um marrying not not allowing not ma- not pressing the easy button for Dak you know and not and not you know uh, designing things that can quickly and easily get the ball to your playmakers to allow them to play <clears throat> I don't know if if the mechanism for getting CD lamb the ball got too complicated once he got started playing more outside if if there was a problem with them not seeing the routes and the coverage is the same and if that's and, and CD's not there at the same time, but the, but the efficiency is the problem. The problem is that the efficiency of the targets, it's not that he didn't get targeted in a lot of these games. I mean, some of them, I think there was a couple of games where his targets were low. But in general, I would say the problem is not the number of targets. It's the number of targets that get converted into catches. That's the issue. And whether that's bad throws by Dak, CD not being there, that takes a little bit, you know, a little bit more further examination uh, but there is something there. There is something that that seems disconnected uh, as opposed to what you mentioned, the first 11 games. And I hate to point out, I hate to, you know, I hate to say that it's, it, it does kind of line up with, with your thoughts on, on the timing of the, of the uh, concussion, which is again, not great to say. Yeah. I mean, the game against the 49ers was bad. He had one catch on five targets. However, I, I would say that, Maybe it's a little overblown. So in the last in the last five games that he played in the regular season, he was targeted thirty times and caught twenty two passes. So I mean, you're catching almost seventy four percent of your. That's better. Start. 
it's just I don't know. There was something off, and that I don't think the target distribution necessarily describes it, but just seems like in big moments they would go away from him, and maybe it was playing more on the outside, or maybe it was they gave him too much, right? Trying to learn the slot position, trying to learn X, and with they just had a lot of there, there was really no cohesion with the offense after. Or I mean, what since the New England game? Because in yep. Minnesota, Dak was out. And then Amari tested positive for COVID. And he missed he shuffled the offensive line, which screws with the run game. Uh, yeah, which I just – I don't know. It was weird. Um, I still think CD had a good year. He had almost oh, 1,200 yeah. total yards and six yeah. touchdowns uh, despite missing a game and a half. But I think I, there's I – I think there's still room to grow. And that's – we know how talented he is, right? We just want to see That's what it him. is. We want to see that's him become what, more consistent. It's, it's an expectations thing. We all saw what he did during training camp. He was dominant. And then, you know, we saw a little bit of that early in the season, uh, but it just feels like it, it, it wasn't quite translated the way we had hoped it would be. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, it, I, my thoughts were if it was going to be kind of a, an 1,100-yard season for, for Lamb, which isn't a bad season, but I, I think I expected a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I thought that if it was going to be an 1,100-yard season, that we would see, you know, a 1,300-yard season from Cooper. You know, or yeah. something like that, and and we definitely didn't see that. So, there's something to be said about the lack of passing on and out, you know, outside receivers, especially since we came yeah. into the season, talk, you know, touting an incredible wide receiver core. I don't think this is like 2011 Des, who was really struggling at the end of the year to no. to get any kind of consistency, was running the wrong routes. I think it's more like 2012 Des, right, where you see the flashes and you just wonder, man, if you could be more consistent, you could be one of the top two or three receivers in the league. I again. Mm-hmm. CD is only 22 years old. Yes. Uh, he, he just finished his second year. He'll be 23 in April. I, I'm still really, really optimistic about him. He just needs to be a little bit more consistent, right? Absolutely. I mean, and look, I mean, maybe he spoiled us by being so good his rookie year, you know, yeah. and then it just it just kind of tails off and you hit us. Well, and maybe that's point. part of it. I think they made things so simple for him as a rookie yeah. because they kind of had to because of the quarterbacks, right? Yep. And then mm-hmm. maybe they kind of ratcheted things up a little bit this year because Dak's yep. playing because he's playing more and maybe it was a little overwhelming for him and progression's not linear like we said yeah. you know it, it yeah. can go back and forth so i i'm not giving up on cd lamb and anything i'm challenging him to be better because i know that he can all right a lot of people want to know about ezekiel elliott's contract we want raymond ask uh, is there any way to get out of ezekiel elliott's no. contract somebody was wondering uh, this is from at Jones Babysitter, which is kind of funny. What's the highest draft pick you would give to have somebody take Zeke's contract off your, off your books? I've looked at this over and over. It doesn't seem like that's likely because the Cowboys have already paid him so much money into the future. Yeah, it wouldn't like be worth it. Yeah. So he's going to be on the team this year. I think the big question is, is in 2022, Landon, is this the year they finally kind of make this Tony Pollard's backfield, or do you think that's not going to happen? Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think usage is the issue at this point. You know, um, I, I, I mean, it's hard to predict. We don't even know who the offensive coordinator is for next year at this point. So um, I think that it's time for the – if the Joneses are part of this issue – and that's what a couple uh, of people were wondering. Do you think the if, Joneses if, are having a say on how much Zeke is touching the ball? I just don't know. You know, no, I, I I think I think you know I understand why I certainly understand why people think that, but I just don't know if that's what actually goes on. Like I haven't I I just 
I, I, we haven't seen any evidence of that necessarily other than the, than the splits. Right. So I honestly do believe the coaches and McCarthy and Garrett, when, when they say that they trust Zeke more on the field, I do believe that. Now, what I don't believe uh, is that they're correct in the number of, in the split of touches that they're yeah. doing. Like, you know, I think that that's, I've also think Paul has improved that. a lot as a pass protector over the last two years. And that's, that is a legitimate problem, right? Like that has been a legitimate problem for him. And I also think that there is something to the idea, despite the fact, you know, that he has missed the missed tackle numbers and the elusiveness numbers. He does struggle when there's penetration in the backfield. Sure. Like that's, sure. that's something that, that Zeke deals with just better. Um, and and there was quite a bit of that, especially as as the stretch goes down. And I think that that's kind of you know like you know we talk about positive and negative feedback loops, right? When they shuffled the offensive line, and then on top of that, dealt with both injuries from Pollard and Zeke. Uh, you know, it kind of changed all the angles there, right? Yep. Because they were getting penetration in the backfield. Maybe they want to put Pollard in there a little bit more, but he's dealing with the, the plantar fasciitis. Zeke's not a ton healthier, but at least you feel like Zeke can get through the trash and maybe at least get you positive yardage. But I, I guess my, my my larger point there, and this is my larger point for the pre postseason too, is why not just throw the football more? Like, why not just well, avoid all that? If you we can? talked and, about earlier this week pushing the easy button on this offense and just trying to get yeah. Dak some easier throws. If you watch Kansas City, there'll be three or four or five times a game where they're just throwing a little out, not out route, excuse me. It's like a flare route to the running back and the tight end will pull, and it's Jarek McKinnon out in space against the linebacker. Do that two or three times a game with Tony Pollard. Like, that's where he absolutely thrives. And I don't know why there were so many games we didn't see that. I'm, you know, Mike, we brought in Mike McCarthy. We might as well bring in some West Coast elements to this offense, guys. Throw the football short to the running back as opposed to running the football, you know, every once in a while. It's like, I think this team is too caught up in the mentality that they are still playing bully ball and knocking people off the line of scrimmage and burying people in the run game. That hasn't been happening for the last half season and they can at least pass protect well enough to you know get a quick pass out to pollard in the flats for four yards which is just as good if not better than running it up the middle uh and, and taking even more abuse i just you know look i think run game is important but there's also a point where you're banging your head against the wall when you have injuries at the offensive line and at both running backs you can you can supplement the running game by just running some of these flare passes and screens just to get your playmakers the ball in space if nothing else to help the run game just get these guys in rhythm a little bit like to get these guys the ball like you don't even have to do do it to somebody else you can get Zeke and pollard the ball in the flats and get some more yards doing it this way it's i don't know it just seemed seemed, uh weird that they were weren't doing a little bit more of that i I do feel like if we go into 2022 and the 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 touch split is what we saw this year or last year. It's going to be incredibly frustrating because I think, I mean, anybody who watches the Cowboys have seen that Zeke is declining since he was a rookie and that's okay. We're going into what year seven of Ezekiel Elliott now with all these touches that's expected. Just you can use him in a different way. I think it is time to at least, at least have a 50 50 split here because I think Pollard's deserved it. And I think it's, it'll be better off for everybody long-term. Uh, Last thing, I, I yeah. will just say that I think there is a long-term thought, right, that you could be thinking if you wanted to keep Pollard, 
beyond his rookie contract for some reason. If you could get him on a cheaper deal, maybe the thought process is that you're loading Zeke up with the touches so that you can extend Pollard's time a little bit with the Cowboys. Don't do that. That's my only bad idea. Well, you know, we're not going to pay any of these guys. Then we need to start drafting. uh, Drafting. Yeah, I'm going to send you over a list of day three running backs today to watch. So there you go. All right. One more quick break to tell you guys about TurboTax Live. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Maybe you inherited a condo when you're running it out, or maybe you're getting paid in crypto and you're not sure how it's taxed. TurboTax Live can now match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation. They can answer all of your tax questions or even take care of the whole filing process for you. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. Uh, all right. Next one. And this is, man, I promise I didn't write this question, but this is a really good one. Uh, from William, what about the Cowboys' mental and physical toughness? I think training camp out in California is a joke. They are soft over there. <laughs> I like it. Bring him to Erie in the winter. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah, because that's <laughs> that's going to get us some real good training done there. Um Come on, man. Like, I don't think like, we have to actually address that question. There, there, I just thought the, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Cowboys have been training out in California since Thousand Oaks, buddy. Like, so let's we'll we'll be okay. Uh yeah. So uh this one from at Irish underscore cowboys. I have to regrettably inform you guys that I will not be tuning in for the next few weeks purely because I don't want to hear anything about the Cowboys. Can you do an episode and talk about your favorite movies again? Sure, Lanny, go ahead and give your favorite movie of all time. My favorite movie of all time. I mean, uh, it's probably that San Francisco Cowboys wild card. Oh, wait, we're not talking about the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, why don't you give a favorite movie and let me come up with something real quick. I think Goodfellas from start to finish is the best movie I've ever seen. It's just perfect in so many ways. I know you're not into mobster movies a lot. No, it's so. not. That's not the case at all. I, I, <laughs> I like Goodfellas. You've taken my criticism of 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 my little problems with Scorsese and blown it out into Yeah, like, you I just hate him. It's all right. It's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, man, favorite movie of all time. That's, I mean, it's really tough. Uh, I like horror movies. I like uh, comedies. I like What's everything. What's the best a horror bit. movie you've ever seen? You know, the movie that keeps like, you know, it's like when, when they asked the question, I didn't want to say it out loud. But like the movie that I think I could watch at any moment, at any time is The Thing uh, with oh, the John Carpenter, one. which is just it's such a great analogy for America during the Cold War period. And, and like no one trusts each other and the paranoia that's there, the way it's shot. Uh, obviously the special effects are what you know people know it for or whatever but there's so much great subtle acting and writing in that in that movie that that kind of gets overlooked because it is a horror movie um yeah i'm I'm a big fan so that's probably that's probably the one off the top of my head does uh silence of the lambs count as a horror movie because that's probably my favorite drama horror movie i think so right is that more of a thriller it's more of a thriller. I mean, we don't, we don't, no one does thrillers anymore. That that's a genre that kind of got enveloped by something else. I mean, but when, we, when I was growing up, I mean, I'm about ten or fifteen years older than Marcus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, when I was growing up, like that's that there was tons of those kind of like the 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 firm, you know, like yeah. that's not a horror movie by any stretch, but it's a thriller, right? Yeah, I think I think Silence of the Lambs kind of falls in the horror side of thriller okay. for sure. Uh, 
I'm still a sucker for the original Halloween movie. It's so good. Oh, it's so yeah. low budget, but it's so good. John Carpenter, I, I mean, look, say what you will, has some real stinkers, but man, like Halloween, they live. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, the thing, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Assault on Precinct uh, uh, 13. There's so many great classics. If you haven't checked out John Carpenter, and he does his own music too, which is amazing. Yeah. So definitely oh. check him out. Oh, the first five minutes of Halloween is one of my Ugh. favorite scenes ever. The music is that so that house is right by like like we 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 the, the the Michael Myers house is like down the street from me. And every Halloween we go drive really? by and there's there's some guy with the, who wears the Michael Myers yeah, yeah. mask and has a knife and waves at the kids, which you know my uh, six year old kind of terrifying. Love, but, but yeah, uh, exactly. Last question before we go. This one from Vince. Now that the season is over, would you rather have Micah Parsons or Rashawn Slater? I think I still want Parsons. I mean, Slater's incredible. I don't think there's a wrong answer, to be honest. Yeah, I, honestly, I think both of them would have been incredible picks. And I, I think no matter who, if I had picked uh, uh, Slater, I probably would say said Slater, yeah. you know. Uh, but I do think that the Cowboys, you know, in some sense lucked out where they had some depth at both of these positions, right? Mm -hmm. So they, I mean, maybe not if you want to consider Parsons a linebacker, but uh, I, I think the fact is that the Cowboys lucked out with, with what they got in Terrence Steele, and he looks like a guy that could be development worthy of, of being a starter at some point. I don't know that he's going to be Rashawn Slater. No, but, but I, I think NFL starter. Yeah. Yeah. An NFL starter. And, and, and you know, there's obviously going to be more opportunity to draft those kind of guys in this draft. It looks like there's, this is a great offensive line draft this year. I think whatever one you pick, you're going to be right. But I will say, yeah. uh, I watched the all 22 of the Cowboy 49er game. If Micah Parsons wasn't on the field, 49ers oh right rush for like 250, 300 yards in that game. He made every His tackle, pursuit like. was incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest reasons to be optimistic. And that was one of our takeaways from yesterday's show. So if you yeah. missed yesterday's show, uh, I gave a couple of reasons why you should be optimistic about this team going forward. Uh, Landon, a little bit, little bit more down on this team, but that's okay. We, uh, we talked about it. So make sure you we're, listen to We're that. officially switching roles against yeah. this season, guys. Congratulations. Top Look what 30. you've done to us. Uh, <laughs> all right. Make sure you guys are downloading the show wherever you're getting your podcast. We'll be back tomorrow for our last episode of the week. Maybe we'll do some NFL playoff uh, preview stuff. But we're going to be doing draft yeah. stuff coming up, free agency, head coaching stuff, maybe. Maybe. Coordinator talk for sure. Definitely. Uh, so make sure you're following the show. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.